Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, this is Nicole calling from Hamilton, and I needed to let everyone know that I really proudly support Beach and Creative Control. I have for many years. I will for many more, as long as he keeps delivering these amazing interview podcasts. When you hear one of Beach's interviews, you think he's known this guest for years. They're good friends. Uh, but the truth is, he approaches every interview, whether it's sort of up-and-coming indie artists or established icons or like famous intimidating comedians with Uh, a really deep, genuine curiosity, so he's never met this person, and the same really warm uh, candor, so he's known them forever. I think it really lends to a great chat, no matter who he's talking to, and for that reason, I think you should throw Vish, like what, a dollar a month? He's got jokes. The jokes make it worth it. Support Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. I'm Visha's wife, and remember, when you name a dog Janet or Timothy, you are dragging humanity down just a little bit. Stephen Merritt is a prolific and highly talented songwriter, musician, and singer who's long made his home in New York City. A contemporary pop genius, Merritt has crafted some of America's most touching and brilliant love songs, leading fans through diverse projects like The Sixths, The Gothic Archies, Future Bible Heroes, and treks into musical theater, film soundtracks, and TV commercials, among other mediums. He is perhaps best known for his band, The Magnetic Fields, whose hilarious and beautiful 12th album is called Quickies, which none such records released on May 15th, 2020. While both of us were socially distancing during the COVID-19 pandemic, Stephen and I had a fruitful discussion about his state of mind, his writing process, each and every one of the 28 songs on Quickies, and more. A part of the Entertainment One network with the support of listeners like you, 
who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control and Massey Hall's concert film series live at masseyhall.com where you can stream dozens of 30-minute films for free, including performances by past guests of this show like The New Pornographers, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 540th episode of Creative Control, featuring the monumental songwriter Stephen Merritt with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hello, Stephen. How's it going? Uh, well, here I am in quarantine and uh, making the best of it. How are you? I'm the, the same. I'm the same. Where in the world are you? I'm in New York City. Ugh, that can't be fun. Uh, how is that going exactly? No, I, I love New York City, um, but I mean, come I on. I have a view of the Empire State Building, and it keeps me grounded. <laughs> I used to have a view of the World Trade Center, which made me upset all the time. Yes. Well, it's it's as you don't have that view. Any- oh, I guess you do. You have a view of it, or you had a view of it when they rebuilt. Is it the rebuilt one that you saw mostly, or is it the 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 ones that aren't there anymore? Well, they're in the same place. In the same place, right? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, it's good. I uh, quarantine life has been interesting for uh, all of us on uh, in various degrees. Uh, how far a cry is quarantine life from your normal daily existence. I, I can't... Well, it's interesting that you say interesting because uh, it hasn't been interesting at all for me. It has been a very far cry because what I usually do in the world is that I lounge around all day getting things done at home and then at 9 o'clock at night or so I go out to a bar and write music. Hmm. But uh, I haven't been able to go out to a bar, so I haven't been able to write music. So the main contact I have with other people, I haven't had at all. And the main contact I have with creativity, I haven't had at all. And uh, I'm definitely going a bit stir-crazy. And I have been in quarantine longer than everyone else because I got sick uh, just in time to get better right as the lockdown started. So, oh, oh dear. Uh, okay. I, I've been in quarantine since March 13th. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you're and, you're okay, uh, though. And I'm kind of tired of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> in terms of the sickness, you're okay, but uh, psychologically, mental health-wise, you're going a little crazy, so to speak. Uh, a little, but not as much as some of my friends. Yes, okay. Now, yeah. I just want to home in on something you said there. You, I, I know this, We've you and I have spoken a few times over the years. I think I knew that you would frequent uh, uh, bars uh, to, to, for a muse to write. Uh, so you go to the bar, you, what do you, sit by yourself and you just write things down? That's how it works, usually? Yep, okay. that's it. So what is it exactly that is blocking you from doing this in solitary? Why can't you work uh, at home the way you can at bars? Well, how would I do that? Well, you just uh, simply sit at, at home. The, at home, there is <laughs> there is always something else to do. Oh, and the whole point of a bar is that there isn't anything else to do. Okay, but what, you, what do you people watch, and then you write because you're immersed with the people, or is it just you need at some... a bar? I have loud music playing, drowning out the music that is already in my head, and a television throwing up data and uh people 
to eavesdrop on and uh, ignore or pay attention to, and a cocktail to subdue my superego that tells me to Google everything as soon as I think of it, uh, which is a really bad idea for creativity. <laughs> well, it seems to me that your creative process is fraught with distraction. You need the distraction. The peripheral noise of the world feeds into uh, you somehow. Yeah, I wouldn't even think of it as distraction. You mentioned yeah. a TV being on, people the eavesdrop. That, that, I'm sorry, that all sounds very... I couldn't concentrate in that it's setting. It's the opposite of distraction. Those are my sources. Sources, okay. Yes. All right. Okay. That is the, the soil in which I am planting my little flower. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fair enough. No, that's, uh, everyone works differently. I've seen people working in cafes and bars, and I wonder how yes. they do it. Because Edward I... Albee has an essay called Writing in Cafes, hmm. uh, which pretty accurately explains what I do. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Now, I want to get to Quickies. Um, I want you to know uh, that this album, and I, I hope you're not offended by what I'm about to say, but it's been a bleak time for uh, the world, for me. It's it's very difficult. I, I received a copy of your album Quickies, an advanced copy, and I tell you, Stephen, nothing has made me laugh out loud harder than the song, some of the songs on Quickies. It's very funny. Are you offended by this? Do you take this as a compliment? How do you feel? Um, I'm going to hang up now and commit suicide. <laughs> well, I, was your intent? I think your intent clearly in some of these songs was to to be amusing, and it works. It's just very funny. Some of the... Uh, I can't... We'll get into it. I'd like to talk about... Uh, the songs, but I just want you to know it's been very fun and and it's a joy. So thank you for making this record for what that's worth. Thank you for listening to it. Of course. I have nothing else to do. I'm in quarantine. Good. Now, let's get to the theme, quickies. Uh, For those who don't know, Magnetic Fields records uh, almost always tend to have some kind of theme. Uh, I've told you this before, by the way. I'll just throw this out there right away. Uh, The first... Uh, song at my wedding, the wedding dance song between my wife and I, uh, It's Only Time by the Magnetic Fields from the album I. Ah, the good wedding song. <laughs> Is it? Do you think? Yes. I think so. I, I, I think at this point I can describe myself as having written a standard, totally by accident, uh, in the Book of Love, which is now a wedding, a wedding cliche. Yes. Uh, having been a wedding favorite, it has achieved status of wedding cliche. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I say that with no no special relish because no one ever pays royalties for uh, oh, yeah, wedding sorry. music. So um, it, it doesn't help me particularly to have written The Wedding Standard. Uh, but It's Only Time was actually written as intentionally as a wedding song. And oh. uh, I, th- I think it works beautifully. Um, and I'm proud of it. Great. So we fell for your trap, and I owe you a check by the sounds of it. So I will work on that. Mm, yeah, fifty cents. Fifty cents from it's it's the it yeah. should, you should do a thing where as long as the persons so the people are married, they should send you an annual royalty. I would say that that makes the uh, most sense, doesn't it? As well as their children. As the, well, no, you, you can't have our. Well, maybe you can't have our children. We're speaking to stir crazy. My goodness, have well, your children around? The, the, the children couldn't possibly exist if they weren't married. That's true. So. My and children, I couldn't possibly yeah. have gotten married without playing the Book of Love. <laughs> That's right. You're absolutely correct, yes. <clears throat> anyway, I digressed and I apologize. I just wanted to convey 
Uh, more love to you uh, from Canada. The Quickies Thank theme. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome, of course. What inspired the theme uh, of Quickies, per se? Short pages, uh, small pages in uh, small notebooks that I could carry around with me without having to have a bag. Mm. Um, I have a wide variety of notebooks, and I, I change them a lot uh, without finishing them and go back to them later. So I, I typically have five or ten notebooks going at the same time. So they all have to look very different from each other so I can remember which song is in which notebook hmm. a little bit. I can't remember very well, but I can generally have some kind of... Uh, I have a little bit of photographic memory. I have terrible memory, but the, what I have is pretty visual. Okay, okay. So is it the, the actual uh, medium you were using uh, begged for short... Uh, expression. Is there anything about society as a whole that made you think, you know, everyone's just going on and on and on about stuff. What if I, I pursued something where everything was fairly blunt, to the point, concise? Is this a comment on the way we're behaving or anything? You want me to say that I've written the audio equivalent of Twitter and I refuse to do so? I, I didn't exactly say that per se the fact that, i never the, thought of that the, yes you may the have fact done that. that you could easily chop out the audio of my saying i have written the musical equivalent of twitter <laughs> uh, <laughs> has not occurred to me at all <laughs> i well is that is that what it is is it a response a response to our attention spans or just the way we're is it twitter specifically was twitter uh, an influence here no absolutely not you're you're standing by that I know asking me why I wrote a particular record is low-hanging fruit, but I don't have a satisfactory response because there are many, many different reasons why I thought this would be a good idea. Okay, all right. That's fair. No, <laughs> uh, it's just... And, I, and I, I could talk about it for hours, but uh, we don't have hours. Wouldn't that defeat the purpose of having a record called Quickies if you went on about it for hours? I don't think that makes any sense. I agree. Yeah, okay. Uh, you have, uh, I will say, you have written shorter songs in the past was and it, shorter albums and shorter albums this wasn't on some level it's not as quick as the title implies or or unprecedented is that fair well the shortest song is i think 12 seconds and the shortest song on 69 love songs is 15 seconds right so uh this gets shorter than 69 love songs but the third of the songs at 69 are are two minutes and 15 seconds or under Okay. Which is the cutoff for quickies. We have one song that goes over that, but that's because the guitarist played an intro and an outro that I hadn't written that I, I quite liked, so I left it on. What song is that? Come Life, Shake Your Life. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. I actually thought, since I have you here, uh, that we could actually go through uh, m most, if not all, of the 28 songs with some questions uh, and some... Uh, inspiration questions are you up for this task we'll see we shall see we may run out of steam let the listener know for the record that if we decide we're too tired from our quarantine existences you know we're out of sh are you out of sh i feel a little out of shape i haven't been doing as much stuff uh specifically i may go horse during the interview which right. has actually been happening to me okay okay let, let from you know not talking for days on end do you have a lozenge handy i might grab one Manuka, Manuka honey lozenge? I will look. I'll okay, look. Let's, let's get a lozenge going. Okay. I didn't mean to put you out. You know, I just want to say it again. You know I love you, Stephen. I don't want you to be 
in a bad space there. So I have found a lozenge. Is it a sucrets? Is it an Altoid? It sounds like a metallic. Specialita le Italiane. Oh. Hard-filled candy with lemon from Syracuse, Italy. Oh, okay. Is it in a little metal box? It is in a bag, unfortunately. I'm okay. Crinkling the bag. No, no, I can hear it. Probably going to come <laughs> running towards me. Coming no, in. they are staring at me. Okay, coming in loud and clear. Are you at your home by, right now? I assume you are. I'm in my apartment. Okay, okay. Okay, speaking of your apartment, the first song is called Castles of America. Uh, what exactly inspired this song, uh, per se? Um, well, I have a book of pictures of Castles of America. Um, I wrote the song long enough ago that I don't actually remember whether I bought the book because of the song or the other way around. Hmm. Okay. There's... But they clearly influenced each other. Are there many castles in America? There are. I didn't know that. Uh, roughly how many would you, uh, would you, if you had to guess... If you had to venture a guess, how many castles are there? And are they in a specific geographic location? I don't think of America as a castle place. Um, there's lots of eccentric millionaires in America, and about two-thirds of them have built castles. My goodness. Okay. And they've been doing it since the mid-1900s, I think. Okay. You say in the song, I will bring my friends Hilario and Erica in a two-year whirlwind tour to visit these castles how did you come up with that figure why, why do you think it will take two years um uh, it sounds good <laughs> i just wondered if um, you map quested it did you actually figure out that it would take a long time <laughs> i think i actually wrote this song long enough ago that i would not have been able to map quest it and i would have had to break out a rand mcnally road atlas ah okay Okay. <laughs> right. All right. Well, it's a, that this is a very short song for those who are haven't yet heard the record. It's only about uh it's a, it's among the shortest songs and it it kicks off the record and I feel like it might be echoed a little bit later, but we'll get to that. The next song is The Biggest Tits in History, which I believe is that one sung by Shirley Sims? Yes. Right. So, this song prompted me to uh Google the the terms Lola and Tits last night. Which I've never done. And sure enough, I did come upon a, a, a figure, uh, literally, a person named Lola, apparently from the Czech Republic, who had very enormous breasts. Uh, I'm just giving Yes. What influenced this, uh, this song? Where, where, where did this song come from? The biggest tits in history. I had the title kicking around for a very long time. And then I uh, read something that had a, a picture of a tit, and it was adorable, which I guess gave me the idea for how I could possibly write a song that would correspond to the title. I see. Now, so if... the entire song is basically a rationalization of the title getting more and more specific <laughs> and technical. <laughs> right, right. There's a real character here in the song, and... Uh... Uh, Lola is the name invoked yes. by the... We, we learn at the end that uh, the the ornithologist's name is Lola, and uh, Lola is a recurring character in popular music, especially cowboy songs. Mm. Okay, okay. So the tits in question might not be the tits I am, some of us might be thinking of. Is that fair to say? Um, no, I'm sure everyone is, is thinking of North American tits. Okay, yeah, North American tits are all right. I'm I'm with you yeah. on that one. Okay, 
Uh, this song is a dark one. The next one is called The Day the Politicians Died. Uh, but it makes me laugh every dark? time. In what way? Well, it's about the day that the politicians died and uh, people... No, it's about the day everyone celebrated the fact that the politicians died. Okay, well, it's presented in a rather morose way, and yet the end of the, the song is it's all one big party now because all the politicians died. You have disdain for politicians? Is that what's going on in this song? You think Actually, the very first line is, billions laughed and no one cried the day the politicians died. That's true. So That's... It really is about the celebration rather than whatever the event was that killed them all. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, some sort of plague or virus, let's say, targeted the politicians. I like to think of it as all of them being struck by lightning simultaneously. Now, what what exactly inspired uh, this this song per se? Is it the current political climate, or have you has this been kicking around a while? Although the current political climate makes more or less everyone agree with me, mm-hmm. uh, it has been kicking around a while. It is my basic political stance. Okay, kill them all, let God sort them out. I see. Okay, and this song sung by Claudia, and yes? I'm an atheist, so I don't care what happens. <laughs> this song sung by Claudia, yes. Yes. Yes, Claudia does a, a beautiful job. Uh, well, well, uh, well delivered, I, I shall say. All right, the next song I, me- I, I mentioned, Castles, uh, the the castle theme recurring, Castles Down a Dirt Road. Uh, this is you again singing, Stephen, I believe. In a castle down a dirt road where the lightning flowed, we were thinking up ways to make things explode in a castle down a dirt road. Some kind of science thing going on here. The Castles Down a Dirt Road is a cliche of horror movies. Uh, Dracula and Dr. Frankenfurter, for example, and many witches in cartoons live in uh, castles down a dirt road. And often there's a walkway that leaves the dirt road and zigzags over a precipice to get to the castle. So when I visualize that, it's at night and uh, silhouetted against uh, moonlight, I guess. Okay with one yellow rectangle indicating that someone or something is home. And maybe the yellow rectangle has a light green flashing light or or light purple flashing light indicating that something unearthly is happening. I see. Okay. But but uh, just back to the uh, central premise, I, I suppose, of my line of questioning. Castle, you're on a bit of a castle kick. Uh, why castles? Uh, why are castles fascinating to you on this record and at this point in your trajectory? Uh, well, I guess if the the Jungian interpretation would be that I'm talking about the the castle as a, the personality or the subconscious. Oh, okay. You you relate to this in some way, or you're just fascinated by those who do? Um, I think pretty much everyone does. I'm a big fan of the Chills song, House with a Hundred Rooms, mm. which similarly can really only be about oneself. Right. Okay. The next song. Because in reality, heating a house with a hundred rooms would be so out of the question that you'd have to sell it immediately. <laughs> okay. You're thinking of it in practical terms these days. Yes. Just, yes. The economic. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's. Although. While in quarantine, I have to say that it would be nice to have a whole lot more rooms. Yes, I feel badly that you're just in an apartment. You know, my family and I moved from Ontario to Alberta in January, and we are living still uh, in my parents-in-law's basement. 
So I feel uh-huh. like I, it has been, I'm 42. I have a lot of, I value my freedom and independence to do whatever I want. Have a cookie if I want to down here. I've been told I can't have cookies in this uh, area, the work area. You know what I mean? Like I, I have to deal with stuff like that. It's it, So I have felt self-isolating, like I've been self-isolating before everyone was self-isolating. I feel like I was ahead of the curve and uh, despondent and uh, depressed. Why can't you have cookies? I don't know. Because I'm, I'm a child. I, I'm a child of uh, my in-laws. I think that's what it is. Crumbs? Why don't you just have the cookies anyway? I do, but they, I, they, they don't listen to this show, I don't think, so they won't hear this. But I do. I sneak them down. So I'm hmm. having some issues. I don't need to burden you with them because we all are having various issues. But I'm just telling you, like I, I relate to what you're saying, feeling cooped up. Uh, you know, like you can't do anything. Like there's authoritarian rule guiding all uh, of this. It, it's not only that it's your parents, it's that it's your in-law parents. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I should say they've been... Good thing they don't listen to your podcast. That's probably a, a good thing at this point that they, they don't. Yeah. The next yeah. song is uh, another one sung by Shirley, I believe. It's called Bathroom Quickie, and it actually includes the title of... I think it might be one of the only instances where the title of the album appears. This one, I think, is... Fairly self-explanatory. What inspired Bathroom Quickie, Stephen? Uh, well, that one is fully autobiographical. Hmm. It's uh, basically an expression of a certain kind of affection. Well, if I take a moment to visualize Bathroom Quickie, I think of... Uh, I get a bit... Uh, I don't want to uh, TMI you here, but I think of... Uh, maybe I get a little kinky. I think of airplanes... Uh, public facilities. Is that what you had in mind? Um, I don't know what TMI is. It's, it's too much information. It's, it's, it's oh, the, I the idea that oh, I'm... Oh, 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 I see. Text text talk. Well, I guess so, yeah. yeah, sure. Yes. It sounds like an airline, too. So I, I think that makes the the analogy work a little bit better. No, do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of was thinking of it in that, but that's not what you necessarily had in mind. Uh, I think I would prefer to leave the kind of bathroom in question <laughs> open okay. to the, the listener's imagination. There are many kinds of bathrooms, and uh, not all of them are suitable for uh, bathroom cookies, uh, but most of them are. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I have I have not no experience, but limited experience uh, in this field. Okay. Good. Why well, again? Uh, don't want you but to... I, I wouldn't mind having a lot more. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. See, that was a little bit of TMI, I think. Uh-huh. But but that's fine. LOL. My Stupid Boyfriend. Uh, this is you and Shirley, I think. This song uh, it is, yes. makes me laugh every time it's on. Every time it comes on, I laugh out loud. Uh, and uh, one of the things I want to home in on here, oh, if only they'd come to a stupid end, then you could be... My stupid boy. Uh, a, a sudden end. Right. If what? only they'd come to a sudden end. Yeah. yeah, coming to a sudden end seems to actually be a major theme of this record. Hmm. Uh, it happens to the politicians. It happens to everyone in Castle Down Under Road, hmm. or everyone who doesn't live in the castle, except the newts, I guess, and the toads. Hmm. And uh, it happen- It will happen, spoiler alert, in Kill a Man a Week. <laughs> yes, Yes. Uh, uh, trigger warning. It will happen in Kilimanjaro Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably other songs that we will notice as we go along. So, mortality is on your mind. This, again, pre pandemic writing. Uh, this is mortality, death on your mind here. 
Uh, as usual, yes. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Anyway, the, did you have you had um, or do you have a stupid boyfriend? Uh, I have a boyfriend, but he's actually, I think, uh, smarter than I am. Okay. We don't even like them, so why pretend? Like, there's just so many funny. I'm just cherry picking from choruses and pre-choruses, but it's very funny. I just when people hear it, I hope they agree. It's very good, if I might say. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's one of several songs played on the banjo lele, which uh, is the kind of instrument that makes German journalists call the magnetic fields lo-fi. <laughs> we record in perfectly ordinary studios. We just play instruments that they're not familiar with, and they assume that they're badly recorded guitars. I see. Yeah, I, I meant to ask this because I thought it was in the kind of promotional biographical information. Is the instrumentation for each song... Or, or the choice of instrument, uh, a crucial part of the theme of Quickies? I thought I read that you said that. that you were like, I wanted to focus in on a singular instrument or so. Is that right? Am I, mis- am I making this up? I can't remember. Most of the songs are one instrument or two. Like Bathroom Quickie is accordion and celeste. Mm-hmm. And My Stupid Boyfriend is just banjolele. Um Is it a theme? Sure. It's part of it, right? Yeah. yeah, it's part of it being quickies. They're right. uh, quickly recorded. Okay. And very, very quickly arranged. Like, I think I'll play this on the banjo Done. This was occurring in the studio, or was this sort of formulated before you went in? Uh, well, I I would have had to know that I was going to record the banjo in order for it to get to the studio. So no, before no, no, I went you, in. You know what I mean. Like, you say it was a, an impulse. It almost it sounds like it was a bit impulsive. I'm just going to pick this up. Done. This is going to be the thing that accompanies this. Uh, these words, more or less. More or less. Okay. It probably depends depending on which track we're talking about. Okay. Do you record at home? I know you don't write at home. Do you ever do anything at home? Uh, I have been recording at home since I was twelve. But in the case of Quickies, um, I think almost none of Quickies was recorded at home, where I currently have termites. So, oh my uh, God! You have termites and the quarantine at the same time. Uh, yeah, I have termites in my house upstate. Oh man! And I'm quarantined in my apartment in New York. Oh, I see. Okay. Where I don't have any way of recording anything except like on the cassette deck or iPhone. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I just I hope you're okay. I just want to stress that again. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Love gone wrong. This is you again on the lead vocal, I believe. Here, Stephen. Uh. Yeah, this is. I don't want to characterize this. What would you like to say about this song? So the instrument is a three chord auto harp. Hmm. All auto harps used to be three chords in the 19th century when it was invented, and uh, so you can't really get a three chord auto harp nowadays because who would want that? Well, I would, <laughs> and. Um, so I found one from a carpenter, not really a luthier, but a, a, a woodworker oh. who only made one. So others must exist in the world that are antiques, but I don't know that there are other new ones. I would like for there to be other new ones. It's this great sound. Yeah. And I think it adds to the tone of, uh, you know, what you're kind of singing about. I just want to quote 
one of the verses here, because I'm just curious where it came from, and I think you probably know what I'm going to ask you about. Uh, with this ad, Armin found a trick. Let me cook and eat your dick. Mad love, love gone wrong. Am I reading? Is that correct? Yes. Where did this come from, so to speak? It's about Armin Mieves, I think it's pronounced, who is a German, who is a, a, a German person who uh, advertised and found someone uh, who was willing to uh, allow him to sever and uh, cook his penis, um, and they apparently tried to eat it together. There was some vomiting involved. Jesus. Uh, um, but it turned out when it came time to prosecute him that it wasn't necessarily against the law in Germany because he had had, everyone agreed, consent. And it wasn't actually cannibalism because the guy wasn't dead, but the the German justice department thought that it really ought to be against the law in some way so i look forward to uh, finding out more about this when various privacy issues have been resolved and we can find out more about it wow germans and technicalities that's that does not seem right to me um Um, but i appreciate you so this is a true story i did not know this uh and in verse one there was a documentary about this couple where the what turned out to be the husband was a jealous lover and he paid someone to throw lie in his girlfriend's face, which blinded her. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely a sincere expression of his affections. Mm. Uh, and she married him. And they remained married and are still married. And uh, he is a devoted husband, which is good because she is blind. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, fair enough. I can see why you would be fascinated by such stories. and I, But there, that is hard. That's a very, okay, that very disturbing. Okay, let's move on. Yes, uh, let's, so uh, yeah. they, they both fit. <laughs> quite neatly into the concept of love gone wrong. Yes, yes. Uh, certainly yes. some dark twist to that notion there for certain. Yes. Um, okay, the next song, uh, this is going to be hard for you maybe to get talk about because of your earlier conversation about feeling stir-crazy, but the next song I believe is Favorite Bar. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, do you have a favorite bar where you can drink yourself under the table and they know you're there so they won't lock you in? That's nice. So you, uh, this was just, <laughs> that's a nice thing to, to hear. You just wanted to pay tribute to your favorite bar, I guess. Uh, that sounds plausible, but it's actually not the case. I improvised it into a tape deck when I was 15 in the same oh. uh, improvisation into a tape deck session as the song Josephine. Oh, okay. Which was on either Distant Plastic Trees or... The weird bus. I forget. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm blanking myself. But that's uh, okay. So this is this is. Is there a lot of stuff going back to your youth uh, on this record, or is this uh, the prime example? This will definitely be the oldest song on the record. Okay, it's a that's interesting. So you were 15 and singing about bars and 
bartenders being German. Like, it really, it paints a scene. I feel like I'm in an episode of Cheers. Uh, I feel like it's a very vivid portrait of a bar. When I was 15, I'm fairly sure I thought all bartenders were German. Oh. Uh, the fact that the bartender doesn't speak English is a little bit of a stretch. It's kind of hard to believe that there would be a German bartender. Um, although I suppose we don't know that we're not somewhere. Uh, we, we, we don't know. We don't know where we are. Uh, maybe, we're in, maybe we're in Germany, and there's no reason for the bartender to speak English. Is there a potential sequential... Is it a sequential coincidence that we just talked about Armin in Germany, and, and now the next song... Uh, invokes uh, German as well? Is yes. That, that's a coincidence? Yes. Okay. I don't know if I believe I hadn't it. noticed it until now. I'm, I'm not sure if I believe this. I think. I mean, I still haven't noticed it. You pointed it out to me. Well, yeah, I, it's still, you noticed it now. You know it, you're aware of it now. I don't want to get into uh, semantic debate <clears throat> here. I, I think it's fair to say. What about the phrasing? Is, is this uh, your... When I, put, when I put out <laughs> Love at the Bottom of the Sea, I went to France and was interviewed by French people and all of the French people had noticed the three occurrences of uh, France, references to France on the album, none of which I had noticed myself. Oh. Um, so they were all concerned about how I was portraying France on the album, uh, which I was completely unprepared to answer because I hadn't thought about it at all. I, I just that that's interesting. Of course, you're in your subconscious probably as you're doing your your batch of writing, and you you probably aren't aware that you're sort of uh, repeating yourself, so to speak. Or, or right, there's a hundred rooms, and I, I, I <laughs> keep leaving things around. Exactly. Just a quick question on your 15 year old phrasing here, because the m- melody of the "Do you have a favorite bar?" like that's that's you know I can relate to that. But then the jumble of words that tumble out of you uh, after that phrase uh is interesting to me is that are you being loyal to your 15 year old phrasing or did you make this up now have you revised that so to speak well although i improvised it into a tape deck so that theoretically the melody is intact from the uh, instant i conceived it that was decades ago and i have no idea where that tape is so i'm relying on uh, I'm relying on my memory of how that melody went. Uh, and I know from the folk process that that always involves smoothing out eccentricities rather than uh, accentuating them. So the original was probably a little more discombobulated than it is now. Okay. Sorry, I, I just understood that maybe you came upon this tape, heard it, and thought, that's a good idea, I'm going to revisit it. But you're, you're calling upon the song from, from memory, is what you're saying. That's interesting. Okay. Yes. Interesting. The next song here is Kill a Man... Same with Josephine. Same, same with... Jo- oh, you didn't go back to yeah. it. You don't know where that tape is. Right. Interesting. Okay. That's, I like that it's living in your, in your mind somewhere, all of these songs. That's great. There is a, a third song from the same session called Harrison Ford, which I've never put on a record. Is that because you're not proud of it? You don't think it's viable? Or just you haven't got around to it yet? I don't think it's finished. Hmm. Well, I, I think uh, you should get on it because he is increasing. I think if you put it out now, he might he might actually listen to it and like it. But he's getting a bit older, so I'm not trying to tell you what to do. But I do like Harrison Ford. I like Harrison Ford. I do. Yeah, he's great. I think he's always great. 
He's just very good. Okay, kill a man a week. Uh, this is you and Claudia. You invoked this earlier. It's me. I'm. I'm the. Is Claudia in the background? I thought she was. I, I wrote a note here. I, I think. I think Shirley is. Oh, the, is it Shirley? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Is doubling or an octave higher? Okay. Okay. What exactly inspired this notion of killing one man a week? Good question. Uh, I may have written this too long ago to remember what inspired the notion, but uh, in the 80s I read a lot of radical feminism, which keeps resurfacing in my lyrics for Mm. some reason. And I read Scum, the uh, manifesto of the Society for Cutting Up Men, which was written by Valerie Solanas, Mm -hmm. who was famous for shooting Andy Warhol. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and his employees. So I, I guess it's more or less in the voice of Valerie Solanas. I mean, it seems to have deep resonance in our current timeline, doesn't it? Uh, just given how terrible men have been. I mean, we're <laughs> how much we're acknowledging just how terrible men are. Uh, I feel like it uh, might resonate with that notion. Uh, I'm I quite like men, but. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to have to choose between uh, which gender survived. But right now, uh, men seem to be more susceptible to both contracting and dying from coronavirus. So Hmm. maybe the song is in bad taste. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm not... Now I'll never get into the Society of Arts and Sciences. (laughs) Well, you sound broken up about it. So let let I, I you know you mentioned the coronavirus there. The next song is "Craftwork in a Blackout," which I believe ends with the uh, question, "Will we ever dance again?" I thought that was also oddly prescient, uh, given that it was surely written uh, long before our current uh, uh, period of self isolation. What inspired uh, "Craftwork in a Blackout"? Well, I have lived through a few blackouts in New York, and I have actually also attended a blackout, a, a concert of Kraftwerk in which their uh, robot malfunctioned. Um, there was no other visual happening during whatever song, probably the robots, right? Mm. Uh, the robot was supposed to do a little dance, I guess, but instead there was a spotlight on a mannequin, a, a part mannequin that didn't move or do anything, uh, and the entire song played with nothing else happening. Hmm. Um, and then Kraftwerk came back on and did a different song. Ah. So hmm. that was probably part of the inspiration. Inspired by real events. Um, okay. Yeah. Are you a Star Trek? There's a line here. You and me, baby, we are like dolls without voodoo. Going nowhere fast... The Enterprise without Sulu. Are you a Star Trek fan? Um, when I was little, I didn't have a television. My mother's a hippie. Uh, and the only television I remember seeing happening in the 60s when I was a small child was Star Trek. Oh, okay. The, the original, obviously. Yeah. Okay. The original. I like the original. <laughs> I, I didn't really follow all of the other... Uh, iterations. Did you? Uh, I saw Star Trek The Next Generation in the 80s. You watched the series? I watched it sometimes. Yeah, I've, okay. I've seen bits of it. I like when 
Mick Fleetwood comes on as the servant of an empath. <laughs> oh, is that is that a, did that occur? I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mick Fleetwood in a bald cap. Oh, that must have been quite a role for him. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you know Mick, Mick Fleetwood and his sister were both models before Fleetwood Mac. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, and they are both very distinctive, extremely tall people with outrageous cheekbones hmm. who I'm... look almost exactly alike, which is uh, especially fun. So the, the Fleetwood Mac is significant to you on some level? Oh yeah, I, I'm just writing a piece for Reader's Digest in which I which I say what records changed my life. Oh and one right, of them is Tusk. Oh okay, Tusk is very big for me. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, it has happened at least twice in my life that I've thought, hmm, I think I'll put on some music. Why not Tusk? I think I'll listen to Tusk now, <laughs> only to realize that I am already listening to Tusk but that I know it so well that I don't hear it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I did was not I went for Sulu and I got Fleetwood Mac. That's fascinating. All right, there sure. we go. There we go. When she plays the toy piano, I think this is Claudia on on this one uh singing lead. Uh, uh that's Shirley actually. Damn it. I got it wrong again. Okay, I'm going to stop guessing. You tell me. I don't know why I thought that. Okay, well the songs where Claudia sings lead are the <laughs> one-hand piano songs. Okay. So if there's one note at a time being played on the piano, then it's Claudia singing lead and otherwise it isn't except uh, she and Shirley sing together on uh, Come Life, Shake Her Life. Okay, yes, which we'll get to. I enjoy that one as well. It's a bit of a haunting one. We'll talk about it. Maybe I was confused because the song is actually called When She Plays the Toy Piano. Uh, when she plays the toy... It is, although it doesn't actually have a piano of any kind on it. There's a, I want to ask you about this line here, or these lines. When she plays the toy piano, when she makes her so-called art... She defiles her papa's tombstone. She is breaking mama's heart. Was this uh, inspired by a particular person or, uh, you know, a character type, per se? No, a nasty, clueless mother who uh, is discouraging of her child's artistic endeavors. Hmm. Um, I fortunately don't have one of those, but I know a whole lot of people who do. Okay. And so you, you, you just wanted to speak... For and to those people, it sounds like. Sure. Yeah. 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 My mother has many characteristics, but that is not one of them. That's great. That's lovely. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. Yeah. Death Pact. Let's make a. Uh, what is again? Death, uh, mortality. Uh, one, well, is this the, right. this the shortest it, it, song? It, it, I believe it, it, that, that wouldn't qualify for the sudden death theme that we were thinking. But uh, I, I guess. It, it's, it it could. It's kind of the opposite. It feels like long term planning. Yeah, a plan. Yeah. Is this how you really feel? Uh, no. Yeah. This has a very specific inspiration, which is I read that Alice Cooper and his wife uh, announced that they have a death pact. Oh. Which oh. is such a delightful, brilliant publicity. Scam. I love it. <laughs> so so if they don't make good on this, you're calling foul? You're going to... <laughs> oh, not at all. I, I approve of it as a publicity stunt. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it reminds me of the, the great Cole Porter publicity stunt when he was working on a show 
and they felt like getting some publicity, so they announced that I think a cat had disappeared from the show, had run away. Oh. And uh, would anyone in the neighborhood of the Schubert Theater um, please report the missing cat? And, and maybe it was a, even a singing cat, something like that. <laughs> but the whole thing was made up. Oh, I see. Okay, there you go. But, you know, it's a public interest human interest story because oh a little cat yeah <laughs> yeah you can't go wrong with that okay yeah that's fascinating yeah. all right well speaking of great publicity i mean you did mention earlier you're an atheist i've got it when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Date with Jesus. I don't know where the publicity. Uh-huh. He's the people who like Jesus are very good at publicity. Is I guess where I was going with that. What inspired I've got a date with Jesus? Um, I'm not only an atheist. I'm a subscriber to atheist magazines, and I saw in either Skeptical Inquirer or Skeptic or something, or uh, maybe Free Inquiry, an article on a new trend in Christianity, which is women going on. Dates with Jesus, where you go out to a bar and you, instead of meeting other people, you concentrate on your relationship with Jesus and how loving and wonderful Jesus is. And uh, instead of, you know, picking someone up and screwing them, you have a, a wonderful time and a few drinks with Jesus. And then you go home and, of course, Jesus is still there. Are these people reserving a table for two? I believe so. Wow. Okay, I've not heard of I've not heard of yeah, this. There are whole books about this. Well, I should read one of them, I guess. Although I feel like well, I've maybe not, but you could Google them. I Google feel like it. I've learned everything from the song. I feel like your song distills everything perfectly, and and now you've just explained it even a bit further. I I think I'm done. I don't need to know more. It's we. It uh, seems sure. Tri- what I, you th- you I, want me I to think explore this? The song pretty much described the whole article. Okay, good. Thank you for it that. It's a very long article. I appreciate that. Perfect for quickies. Then that's great. Here's a song that seemed to have a religious connotation to me. Uh, following again a sequential co- another sequential coincidence potentially. Uh, come life shaker life. Tell tell us about that one. Uh, I guess that is another song about a form of Christianity. Uh, sure. So Come Alive, Shaker Life is, in fact, a Shaker hymn. The chorus of the song is a traditional Shaker hymn, which I found as a youngster in the Folk Songs of North America Mm. book. Mm. 
So I, I have been quite partial to that particular song uh, all my life, and in maybe thirty-five years ago or so, I harmonized it and put it in a meter that the writer would not have recognized. Um, oh, I see. And uh, made it my own in a certain sense. Although originally, you know, the Shakers did not have instruments as part of their culture at all. I see. Okay. Uh, I don't know that I could go so far as to say they didn't approve of instruments, but they didn't use instruments. They didn't build instruments, uh, hmm. which is terrible shame because they would have made wonderful pianos and auto harps and things. Hmm. Uh, their woodworking skills are legendary. But sadly, they didn't. So I have the opportunity to decide what the chords are and the meter uh, all by myself. And so I used that uh, harmonic idea for some uh, an additional verse. And in true Shaker style, uh, instead of writing two verses, I just repeated the same one. But for the record because the song was not 15 seconds long, I had uh, some variety. Uh, so Claudia sings the first verse, Shirley sings the second verse, yes. and they both sing the chorus. And when we do it live, I sing along on the chorus. It's a, it's a haunting song, I have to say. It's a haunting delivery. It's... Well, it's, it's a great, uh, the, the original song is great. Okay, I will look, that I will look up. I'm not so sure about the Jesus dating Jesus. Oh, stuff. I can uh, I, I can sing it for you without your having to pay anybody. Oh, any please, please it do. Is in the public domain. Sure. Otherwise, I wouldn't have used it. Come, life shaker, life come, life eternal, shake, shake out of me all that is carnal. I'll take nimble steps. I'll be a David. I'll show Michael twice how he behaved. Very lovely. Um, Very nice. Repeat that again and again. Very nice. It's uh, haunting. Haunting sentiment and uh, and uh, melody, I suppose. Wow. Right. I mean, I, I don't uh, agree with the theology, but I certainly agree with the aspiration of being a good person. Perfect. Okay. All right. Thank you for On that. On some level. Thank you, Stephen. No, I, uh, I just want to stress again that I do think you are a good person. Which leads us into... <laughs> I want to join a biker gang... Uh, <laughs> So, so, which is the op- the opposite <laughs> aspiration, uh, the aspiration to be a bad person. Yes, and have a lot of fun doing it. Another yes. sequential coincidence. I uh, I want to join a biker <laughs> gang. I want to be in a gang bang. So let my wife and children hang. I will be known henceforth as Fang. Now let the gates of hell go clang. I'm off to join a biker gang. Just for the people following along at home. I have uh, jumped around the song a little bit, but that is those are some of the sentiments. Stephen, where did this come from? Um, well, uh, <laughs> who doesn't like biker movies? I, um, <laughs> I, I hang out on leather bars, and, and actual biker gangs come in and show off their leather, and a lot of them are adorable. Mm-hmm. So I, I often think about biker gangs. But uh, I, I, I have ridden a motorcycle exactly once. Oh, it is too loud for me. <laughs> um, I have a hearing problem, so uh, the sound of a of a unmuffled hog is just too much for me. But of course, if I really was in a biker gang, I would have a helmet and everything, and, and I'd wear earplugs, and it probably wouldn't be a problem. So uh, I haven't actually wanted to join a biker gang until I saw the video 
that uh, my wonderful record label Nonesuch made for the for this song. And hmm. uh, the video is so much fun that now I really do want to join a biker gang. But of course, I'm in quarantine, so yeah, that's that's delayed. I also don't have a motorcycle. I'm familiar with your hearing issue because I've seen you perform live, and when people applaud, you you need to uh, cover the one ear, right? Is that is that what you're still doing? Yes, yeah. my left ear. Yeah. I do hope that uh, the sound of an unmuffled hog makes it into some of your work at some point. Just that that phrase struck me as as a, a lovely turn of phrase, if I may. Oh, thank you. Uh, a friend of mine was really disappointed that I didn't use a motorcycle sound effect in the song. Hmm. But I figure Leader of the Pack has uh, made the motorcycle sound effect market basically cornered. And I have used a helicopter sound effect on Crows, Mm. the Gothic Archies, Tragic Treasury. And apparently, I didn't really remember this, but the helicopter sound effect has definitely had its market cornered by Pink Floyd on the wall. Yes. But apparently, they actually made their own. That was a synthesizer, not a helicopter. Mine is actually a helicopter. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got the truth out on that. I know people were wondering. Uh, that's uh... Um, Yeah, so so if I did a remix of I Want to Join a Biker Gang, maybe I would do the mirror image of that and uh, just make my own motorcycle sound effect. Okay. All right, we How will. hard could it be? I have a lot of synthesizers. I can do this. Well, you have time on your hands, too. I think you should. You should, you should maybe work on that later. Later. I do, but I don't have any recording equipment. All right, all right. It's getting sad again. I was trying to leave leave that on a hopeful note. All right, all right. I appreciate what you're saying. Uh, we're all going to die eventually. Yes, thank you, Stephen. Thank you for why not ch- chiming in. Why not? Why not speed up the process? <laughs> well, uh, okay. So let's move on. I, I feel desperate to move on from that. It sentiment. doesn't really matter. I know. Well, if we move, we're on? all going to die anyway. And even if we didn't, the heat death would eventually kill us. That's true. That's true. Let's move on to rock and roll guy. Just to okay. get it, get us through uh, uh, the next uh, song here. This is uh, some. I, I like this. Uh, t- these lines. Someone who looks best from afar. Oh, who <laughs> doesn't look best from afar? That stuck out at me. Yes. You like yes. the idea of see. Like, that's a. What inspired that? Let's just let's go with that first of all. Well, being a rock star, I've seen other rock stars up close, and I have to tell you, a, a lot of them look a lot better in the photos than they do in, uh, up close in real life. Is that your fault or theirs? Do you know what I mean? You had an idea of what they were like, and then you actually got a firsthand close-up look. Uh, is that your own perception that's wrong? When I was uh, about 30 or something, a friend of mine gave me ecstasy, which is not something that I was curious about. Hmm. Uh, but it did changed my life oh just doing ecstasy once i became able to see people as they more as they wanted to be seen rather than as judged by the various standards that i have internalized in my life so i became more empathic in a way that i didn't realize that i hadn't been empathic i see Um, Wait, what? What does this have to do with? I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure out what the connection is between that and the song. Um, it's not the song; it's the uh, seeing rock stars up close. Oh, sorry. Um, so I am, I am now able to see people as I can imagine they want to be seen. It's not necessarily true, but uh, 
but I, rather than judging them for uh, failing to live up to whatever my preconceived idea is of what people ought to look like. I see. Okay. Still, I think everyone knows what I mean when I say that who doesn't look best from afar. <laughs> it's true. You look somehow bigger the further away you are. Bigger than life. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Speaking of bigger than life, we were talking about I've Got a Date with Jesus earlier. Uh, the next song is You've Got a Friend in Beelzebub, which uh, just as a thing to say is very fun. What inspired this song? I don't know if you've seen the great documentary on uh, Aretha Franklin uh, doing her Amazing Grace yes. performance. Yes. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but yes, it's uh, astounding. Amazing Grace. It's, it's Okay. Well, I don't know yeah. why the name escaped me, but yes, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, and there she was performing. You've got a friend in Jesus, and you know I I bring my notebook with me uh, whenever I go out, certainly to the movies because I think of song ideas all the time in movies. Yeah, and I was definitely enjoying You've Got a Friend in Jesus when subverting it came into my head, and I wrote down You've Got a Friend in. I believe I wrote down Ball, but uh, Beelzebub is really more fun. And um, also, it's easier to, to tell what someone is saying if they say Beelzebub rather than Ball. Right. Uh, you've got a friend in Ball would probably just sound, do you mean Hugo Ball? <laughs> or Dave Ball? <laughs> right. Lucille Ball? Uh, so, I am not a Satanist, but I've had Satanist friends and... Um, other documentaries I've seen recently are on Satanism, and there's a really good one called Hail Satan? Question mm-hmm. uh, about Satanists who are political activists and try to counteract the, the effects of Christians who want to dissolve the border between church and state, such as happens a lot in the south of the United States. Hmm. And apparently, even in the north, where where they live, they live in Salem. In this movie, in this movie, they uh, they have their headquarters in Salem, and there, which is in some way, uh, but they're not Wiccans; they're Satanists. I see. Okay, You're really drawn to a lot of dark characters uh, in the in the in this particular batch of writing. I mean, you you are in oh. I, uh, they're not dark, actually. The, the Satanists are um, quite fun-loving. I've never heard anyone say Satanists are quite fun-loving. Uh, no, these, these Satanists. Oh, these particular Satanists. Not all. Yeah. It's not a blanket statement about Satanists. These specific Satanists, pretty fun. Are, yeah. Uh, also, I had a college roommate who was a long-term Satanist, and he was, he was pretty fun-loving also. He worked in a nightclub. Oh. I guess if you're a Satanist, you got to have fun. I mean... That that it would be weird to be a morose Satanist, I would think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but let's move on to what I I would uh, regard as one of, if not the funniest. No, it's not the funniest. I have another uh, uh, selection for that potentially. But let's get drunk again and get divorced. I uh, another one that just brings a smile to my to my face. Uh, what do you want to say about this song, Stephen? I recently went to see the movie New York, New York. 
from which we get the song, New York, New York, mm-hmm. if not the city. And uh, I had to walk out mm-hmm. because it was so misogynist, I couldn't take it anymore. The Robert De Niro character is such an unrepentant jerk. Ordinarily, I don't care that characters are likable or unlikable, but he was uh, so much like a particularly nasty person I knew when I was a child that uh, I found it, as the kids would say now, triggering. Right. Uh, I find it very upsetting to be asked to watch him, let alone identify with him. So that's all swimming around in this song somehow. Yes. Okay. Okay. There, there, there is a scene just before I walked out, actually, uh, where they do. It's kind of a cliche. They're, uh, I guess, they're in Nevada, so they're able to get married in the middle of the night. Uh, so they they go to a justice in the peace, Robert De Niro and Liza Minnelli, yeah. and he tries to get her to marry him. I believe that's when I walked out. But anyway, uh, if you can get married when you're drunk, surely you can get divorced when you're drunk. And and you can do that in uh, Nevada also. It's all very sound logic, if I might say. That makes sense to me. Yes. At one point, you rhymed the word forced with divorced, and later uh, you rhymed the word borscht. And in my lyric sheet here, it says divorced. Is that purposeful? Yes. Well, the idea is that they are already drunk. Oh, okay, okay, right. These are just people who are, they can't make sound decisions necessarily because they're always intoxicated. I leave that to interpretation, but okay. yes, okay. Uh, that is a, a, <laughs> certainly a coherent and probably valid interpretation, yes. Yes, well, I've, I haven't had a drink today myself, so maybe that's why I'm, I'm firing in all cylinders here. The best cup of coffee in Tennessee is a... I haven't either. Oh, good. Good for you. The best cup of coffee in Tennessee is next. This is Shirley, I believe. Yes. Uh, so tell us about... Is this a real place? The Busy Bee? Is this an establishment in the in the state of Tennessee? I'd be surprised if it wasn't, but I don't know of a particular one. No. Oh, okay. This is just a lovely observational song about the... It intro- rhymes with Tennessee. Right. Okay. It, this is just a nice song, I, I will say. Uh Thank you. Yeah, we'll we'll leave that at that. Uh, when the brat upstairs got a drum <laughs> kit, now uh, this is interesting. You live in an apartment, uh, so I wondered about uh, whether or not this uh, was influenced by your own personal experience. Uh, there's some very funny. I know it's not influenced by my own, but it is influenced by Claudia's. Oh, because in fact she lives downstairs from a. I'm sure it's a very nice child who got a drum kit. Uh, so <laughs> the uh, only the fact that it's a, uh, a a loving couple is fictional okay uh, the rest of the song is pretty much verbatim from poor claudia's actual experience did the child eventually as the song suggests uh, discover the genre of ska um, I don't know, but what Claudia heard was consistent with that interpretation. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, all right. Uh, we move on to the price you pay. Uh, oh, what a price you pay when you go dancing today. Hmm, that's fascinating. What is this? What is this about? I spent far too much of my teenage years in Boston, which 
is uh, populated and governed by too many Catholics who replaced the Puritans, who also had screwy ideas about governance. Uh, as far as I know, it is still true, but it was definitely still true when I was live, unfortunately living there, that Boston makes it illegal for uh, women in college to form sororities oh. and, and live together. Um, because it's just too hard to tell whether they're really brothels or whether they're really sororities. Hmm. And, uh, you know, women shouldn't have any choices anyway. So uh, they made it illegal for there to be sororities at all. I see. Okay. All right. So this is this is drawn from that. All right. I, I think uh, now that you mentioned that, that's all very clear in the song. I'm going to move us along then from a song about uh, women to The Boy in the Corner. Uh, is this an autobiographical song? It might as well be an autobiographical song because I, in fact, while writing songs, am sitting in a corner looking at other people not sitting in corners and watching them have more fun than I'm having, hmm. uh, or seemingly. Uh, but in fact, I'm writing massive top 40 hits and they're just drinking in a bar. <laughs> The only uh, uh, part that is, is questionable uh, in terms of autobiography. Then one day, the boy in the corner was struck by some lightning and killed. More lightning, more death. Oh, yeah, more sudden death. Yes. There it is again. Uh, continuing the sudden death theme. Yeah, you're just fascinated by it. Is this a... Uh, is this, Who isn't? I guess. I'm not fascinated by... Sudden sight. death is, is the mainstay of drama. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. All right. A Song of the Ant. This is a short one. Thank you. <laughs> I, you take that as a compliment. I didn't mean it. It's, it's a nice one, but it's, it is a rather short one, right? Uh-huh. Uh, yes. You just fascinated. It's one gesture. Right. What, what, <laughs> what, what is it about the ant that fascinated you here? Uh, well, the ant has been infected by that fungus that causes ants to walk up the uh, highest stalk and loom over the rest of the ants. Uh, while the fungus bursts out of the ant's uh, head and releases its spores hmm. into the air, hmm. covering the ants, the other ants below. Okay, so you just you just got on an ant kick. The next song, I wish I had fangs and a tail, uh, spoke to me in terms of it spoke back for me anyway. It spoke back to "Song of the Ant" because one of the lines is uh, that the I wish I had uh, fangs and a tail and the power somehow. To change scale. This reminded me of Ant-Man. Are you familiar with the comic book character Ant-Man? I am not familiar with the comic book character, but I have seen the movie. Okay, th th fair enough. That's that's. I don't go to superhero movies generally, unless they contain Tilda Swinton or someone I know. Um, <laughs> that's a very and, specific and, specific uh, needs you have as a cinema fan. I will, I will go see absolutely anything that contains Tilda Swinton, even that insanely stupid basketball comedy right? that she had to be in for some reason. Right, okay. Uh, is there a relation between I Wish I Had Fangs and a Tail and Song of the Ant? Again, another in a line of sequential coincidences as far as I'm concerned, uh, sort of... What is the coincidence there? Well, as I say, I, I thought, and the power somehow to change scale, 
which is what Ant-Man does. That's all oh, Ant-Man can do. Is he? That's I think that's the main power. Is he gets bigger or smaller when he wants to? I don't really understand. He can also fly, but that's often elided in superhero. Well, that's weird. They, why? They, it, yeah. I guess ants do f- fly, but anyway. No, they don't. They don't fly at all. They can't fly. Isn't no. there a flying ant? Well, the the queen can fly. Well, okay. Anyway, my oh, the queen and her suitors can fly, but drones can't fly. Sure. Okay. So some ants can fly. Yes. Okay. Thank you for clarifying this. Yeah. But th- is there any relation, or, or I, I mean, let's just move on. What, uh, I wish I had fangs and a tail. Where did that come from? Uh, wishing to have fangs and a tail. That's um, it. That's it. You just. You just. <laughs> uh, 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 so I have a, I have a friend who showed up uh, at at our local watering hole. Uh, having shaved his beard and uh, left the mustache. Ah. And he went from looking like Grizzly Adams to looking like Errol Flynn. Oh. Um, and it was an amazing transition, uh, which I think suggested the, probably the, the first line that I had in the song. Uh, I wish I had a, a dashing mustache. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I said, I wish I had cash and a dashing mustache. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and that that suggested the rest of the song. Nice. Okay, we move on to Evil Rhythm. I want to ask you about uh, this song. This is a, another catchy song uh, that I enjoy very, enjoy very much. Um, she does whatever she wants with them. She's got Evil Rhythm. It's the Hypno Hypnothythm. She's got Evil Rhythm. Another Hypnothythm. Tithum is that? Did I say that correctly? Hypnotithum. Hypnotithum, which I assume, uh, given my uh, educational background, is a play on hypnotism. Uh, is sure. That, it's not a new term. So this is another uh, kind of half rhyme, false rhyme thing that calls back to uh, uh, what song were we talking about where that occurred? Oh, the the borscht. Uh, let's get drunk again and get divorced. Yes, this is a, a yes. another device um, you've employed. It's another drunken narrator. In mm. fact, mm-hmm. uh, it's surprising that all of my narrators aren't drunken narrators. <laughs> since I'm generally <laughs> drinking when I'm writing. Exactly. Many of them are. Yeah. Was there a particular person that inspired this song? This evil rhythm character sounds uh, quite striking, compelling. Hmm. I wrote it twenty years ago, so I'm not sorry. Uh, oh, it's another. Know, I think okay. actually, I think I may have written it in response to reading "Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil." Oh, it's that wonderful book where terrible things happen. Uh, that doesn't take place in New Orleans; it takes place in Savannah, Georgia. Hmm. But still, there's there's a transgendered, what we used to call female impersonator character, who confuses and mixes up the society around her and disrupts everything uh, just by performing uh, uh, in a non-assigned gender. I see. Okay. Uh, For whatever reason, gender keeps being a a theme in half magnetic field songs. For whatever reason, I mean, it clearly fascinates you. I don't know that it does, but it, it keeps coming up. Okay. I'm going to argue that it fascinates you. Is that okay? I'm just going to throw that out there. You you are subconsciously fascinated by it. Huh. It is everywhere, this gender thing. Are you having trouble with the vernacular? You've said a few things uh, during this conversation where you're like, you know, now we have to say this, or uh, there's a lot to kind of think about before you speak these days. 
Isn't there always? Well, it seems to be more so the case now. Yes, I would agree. Okay, let's move on. I don't want to get too mired in uh, that. <laughs> well, uh, in, in regards to that, I saw a cartoon, I think yesterday, in which uh, the, there are two characters very far away from each other, and one of them says, Greetings and salutations. And the caption is, when you haven't spoken to another human in a month. Yes, yeah. Uh, but I've been speaking to humans for uh, an hour and a half a day for two weeks. Uh, the difference is that they have all been European and that they have been very poor phone connections. So I've been really struggling to hear them. Is this okay? This is a good connection. I appreciate this. This is a fantastic phone connection. Uh, you have to use it all the time. A, shall to... we do a shout out to our preferred phone connection technology yes let's do it let's give uh, the people at uh, apple some credit for where credit for is... facetime audio yes i i use it all the time and i think it's great i i, I think it's really great and i am happy to say hello to them right now and move on to a song called she says hello i'm a, the king of segues today uh wow. where, where did this song come from oh by the way this is a gorgeous and beautiful song if i might say it, it just a, it gets to me this one it's a, a it's short but lovely uh, she says hello where does this come from like me yes um, precisely so i i went to the only bear event that i have ever actually deliberately gone to hmm. uh it was a bear event in albany a few years ago and i got there after everyone else had done their bear thing, I guess, uh, and it, and there was nothing left but karaoke. Oh, okay. So I was uh, sitting in the bar, listening to karaoke. I am a professional musician. I don't do karaoke. That would make me a scab. Um, but <laughs> I, I think union rules have softened on the karaoke. But go forth. I. I, I the the rules may have, but the ethics haven't. <laughs> a moral imperative not to do karaoke as Stephen Merritt. That's amazing. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Fair enough. So I was I was sitting listening to the karaoke, um, because I'm a musician. I can't not listen. And the song popped into my head. Uh, I was listening to a a guy sing all by himself. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yes, yes. A song which has its place. The great thing about Bohemian Rhapsody is the production, not the song. Mm -hmm. but uh, and, and the vocal performances are, are, are certainly a landmark in recording history. The arrangement as well? Or is that what you meant by production? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's part of it. Yeah. And almost everything good about Bohemian Rhapsody disappears when you do it. It's a solo karaoke artist. Yes. And yet, it was fantastic. He was so prepared to have a different interpretation. Rather than trying to imitate Freddie Mercury, he had his own persona that was able to somehow incorporate the choir and uh, incorporate the hard rock section, and I was kind of blown away. Nice. And suddenly, I basically had this entire song in my head that I had to uh, quickly write down. Um, it had absolutely nothing to do with what I was hearing, uh, but 
but my ecstasy at uh, hearing the worst possible karaoke song, basically, somehow done great, produced the song for me. Uh, and this song is extremely depressing and uh, uh, sad. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like Bohemian Rhapsody, it's uh, it it's about loss and uh, how nothing will ever be the same again. But that's about it. It doesn't really have any other thematic connection to Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a song in so. it's a song in first person about someone who identifies as a woman and and the bohemian rhapsody you know most of the song is directed at a mama so i wondered now that you've talked about this if perhaps the she says hello is the mama from bohemian rhapsody and you are uh, somehow entering that universe from this perspective i just killed Uh, a man mama that is a coherent coherent a possibly valid interpretation mama i just killed a man put a gun against his head. So the idea of calling your mother, like the first line is she says hello and I would be lying if I didn't mention she was crying. Maybe there's some conversation about this incident, the situation. I feel like this is a a valid entry into the Bohemian Rhapsody universe if such a thing exists. That could be, but if you wanted to tie it back into the album, it could be that she is the woman who had the date with Jesus and the singer in She Says Hello is Jesus. Oh. Well, now you've just thrown off my day because I didn't think of that at all. Interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay, I will take that as a clue and okay. re- re-listen and reinterpret uh, my interpretation of the song, potentially. I'll, I'll okay. keep, keep you posted on that. The The penultimate song on Quickies is called The Little Robot Girl. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, yes, where did this come from? I had a lot of songs about robots for some reason. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know what else? Robots can't die. Well, I mean, they can. Everyone else in your universe can die a sudden death. A robot, meh, maybe. Uh, Right, so I have an earlier Future Bible Heroes song from 20 years ago called The Lonely Robot, in which immortality is the main feature of The Lonely Robot. Hmm. Um, and uh, this also a female robot uh, she conquers everything including all other robots and she gathers up all of the matter in the universe uh, into herself and becomes the only thing in the world the only thing in the universe Um, Hmm. but somehow this is torture being the only thing in the universe so uh, she creates another universe with the implication that Maybe this is where the universe comes from. Is that it's all being imagined by a robot who is uh, too lonely to exist without a universe. Wait a minute. So you're saying that this robot is the only entity left in, yes. the, in the universe, but the the lines that struck me are just watch her twitch and twirl, the little robot girl. Just watch her wheel and whirl. Who is watching the little robot girl? Well, but I'm, I'm describing the lonely robot, which is the earlier. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Right, talk. right. Of course. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. So sorry. this is uh, in reference to that. Uh, the little robot girl is perhaps this is a prequel to oh. the lonely robot. Okay, okay. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, because in in the little robot girl, there are three elements. There's the singer, the robot, and the sun, which is her battery. 
Ah. Uh, she's a solar-powered robot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yes, the sun's her battery. Through every aeon, she'll dance for all eternity. Yes, okay. All right, now you've got me digging deeper into your catalog to find connections. I appreciate that. That's great. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> okay, the final song. Why not? Yeah, no, I, why not? We've got time on our hands. We should be mm-hmm. going through these things. The final uh, song on the album, I would say, I was hemming and hawing about what I thought the most amusing song on the record was. And although this has sadness inherent in it on one hand, I wish I were a prostitute again, uh, makes me chuckle, laugh out loud, if I might say. Um, does that make me a bad person, Stephen? Is this a is this meant to be a very funny song or is it uh, something else? Well, it's based on two conversations that I have had with friends of mine who used to be prostitutes. And both of them feel sentimental about their days uh, as prostitutes, which were a lot more exciting than their current lives uh, with desk jobs. Hmm. And they feel now that they're old and boring, and then that they were uh, young and exciting, and that they were so young and exciting that people wanted to just pay them to hang out with them. Um, <laughs> that's that's an interesting vantage point, yes. Yeah. So I was never that young and exciting, so it's not my experience at all. Uh, but it is the experience of two different people who I'm pretty close friend, friends with. Um, so the examples... So I, I kind of combined them and exaggerated them into a character, um, but I've actually had the title for at least 20 years. Well, um, it's... Be- before I had either of these friends. So they kind of walked into my song and I, I wrote down what they said. What a luxury it must be for you to have friends who can kind of regale you with the, such stories because I don't have such friends. And, and the, just if there's any factual basis for these verses, the, the fascinating, completely fascinating stories. And, you know, I can picture the things happening, even though I can't really comprehend them on one hand, if that makes any sense. Does that make any sense? Uh-huh. It's it's remarkable. Great storytelling. And it's very I, I asked you this earlier. It, I'm right to be amused by this on some level. Why not? Life is amusing. Okay. Other people are especially funny. That's right. And I, I count you among them. So uh, oneself, one one is never funny, but uh, other people are hilarious. <laughs> well, especially their 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 trifling little problems are, are very funny. Yeah. Whereas our own problems are not at all funny. That's true. That's a perspective thing, isn't it? No. It isn't. No, it's objectively true oh. that our problems are not funny and other people's problems are funny. <laughs> That's, yes, okay, I see where you're yeah. coming. Yes, you're, you're, that is, I agree. I agree with you, yes. Yeah. Well, Stephen, you did it. You indulged me in an exercise that uh, I guess I should have expected it to take a while. Thank you. Uh, did you come away from this going through the songs? Uh, did you come away from this feeling like you learned something about yourself, about the record? Um, I think I've learned that there are Germans in two songs in a row. Yes. Um, that I should look for the nationalities of the characters in the songs before visiting the country that might uh, be where they're from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's good. Um, Things like that. I feel like I learned more than you did, uh, which was to the point, frankly. Uh, anyway... All this to say, it's a wonderful album. You've already said you can't write, so you have no future plans at the moment, do you? 
my future consists of doing some more interviews this week and next week, and then hopefully playing a tour next year. Until then, I have a pretty open schedule of sitting around, staring out the window, uh, wishing that I were able to leave the house. Will you try to write in your solitary confinement, or will you just say... I have. It's not, not working. No results. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I hope you get back at it. Obviously, I, as you know, I'm a fan. Uh, Stephen, if we can... Oh, sorry. Where can people go to learn more about uh, this uh, record, Quickies, and the magnetic fields generally? Where would you direct them? Well, we have a website called houseoftomorrow.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're probably on social media, but I don't care about that. You don't use the social media? Fuck it. Don't, not at all. Not even a little. No. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair. But you are on most, you think you're on some of those uh, things, platforms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I, I'm just wondering, given your, uh, you know, solitude, maybe, maybe social media could be a stand-in for the bar life the distractions of the other people. Is that possible? Um, you mean maybe I should replace writing with typing? No, no, or, no. I just No, mean, I don't think so. No, I meant immersing yourself in the dialogue of others in these platforms, these media platforms. Maybe you'll pick up on something about... Where, where people are typing to each other? I don't think so. No, you don't think that's... Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a form of eavesdropping. It's a form of voyeurism. Is all I'm getting. Typing at. is something that you should be paid to do. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. If there's a song from Quickies that we can play for people right now, Stephen, what would uh, you select? I would select the day the politicians died. I was raised Tibetan Buddhist, and uh, there's a tradition where uh, the the prayer wheel sends out uh, prayers of every revolution of the wheel that has the prayer in it, sends out that prayer into the world. Oh. Okay, so this is a... So with, with, with every revolution of the hard drive or whatever it is that the song is on, uh, you can send out that, that vibration into the world. Okay, well that's... Um, hopefully resulting in the immediate lightning strikes of the millions of politicians <laughs> in the world uh, so that they all die at the same moment. Although it would be neat if one were able to dictate the order in which they died to maximize the fear that they felt beforehand. All right. Well, that is the most evil and uh, thing I've ever heard on one hand, but I appreciate... Evil? Well, I appreciate where you're coming from. I think... Uh, I, I, I do appreciate where you're coming from. Uh, See, in my scheme, where they, they are uh, struck by lightning in the right order, they figure it out and uh, resign before they can be struck by lightning so that they are no longer politicians. I have had this exact same fantasy recently. I've been putting myself to bed imagining what would be, uh, what if somehow there was a power that convinced all of the Republicans in America to resign and be replaced by Democrats until we get through this thing. I don't know why. That's just been. I'm just. Con, I'm. I'm confessing something to you that I just have had this vision every night before I go to bed. Wouldn't that be interesting if that happened? I, I've chosen a side here. Maybe that's wrong, uh, but it's weird. We both had the same kind of impulse. Or maybe I was. Uh-huh. Maybe it was inspired by the day the politicians died. Frankly, 
Uh, I hope so. Um, I, I hope to uh, involve others in the uh, knowledge of how wonderful it would be if they all just dropped dead. Fair enough. Okay, well, let's let's put it forth by playing people uh, this song, The Day the Politicians Died by the Magnetic Fields uh, from their new album, Quickies. Uh, Stephen uh, Merritt, thank you so much uh, for talking to me again and for uh, making time for me. It really means the world. I wish you the best of luck going forward. Thank you, and I'm, I hope that you are able to see the sun and eat a cookie today. <laughs> Very special thanks to Stephen Merritt of the Magnetic Fields for appearing on this, the 540th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all Apple and Google platforms and other things as well. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, or if you wish to learn more about me and sign up for my semi-regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative or follow me directly at Vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. And again, there is a $6 or more tier, which uh, gives you access to exclusive audio content from my archive of interviews. Who knows, perhaps one of my past Stephen Merritt conversations will make it in the rounds there of exclusive content. But anyway, for now, go to patreon.com slash creative control to learn more about supporting this show. Thanks again to live at masseyhall.com where you can watch beautifully captured concerts by great Canadian artists. Also, 
Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my friend Jim Guthrie, whom you can learn more about. And, you know, his music is featured behind me right now. And he loans me music for all sorts of things. Go to jimguthrie.org to learn more about Jim and his wonderful music. And finally, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode and for uh, checking out the new Magnetic Fields album, Quickies, which is really, really great. It's coming out on May 15th. And yeah, follow this show however you can. Push the subscribe button or the follow button on your podcast platform and you'll you know, keep up to, up to date with Creative Control. And that's all I can really ask you to do. Thank you. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.